Hello, hello. This is Kathy Colas Audiobooks, and today we have episode 14 of The Alpha by E.J. Findorf. Wayne wants Maggie to renew her affair with Angel. As Maggie and Wayne are on their way to her sister's engagement party, Wayne explains to Maggie that he's using the murders for a video game. Here we go. Maggie had sent Stella a text to make sure Wayne dropped her off home and not ripped out her eyeballs for his collection. Her friend's trademark smiley face and thumbs up appeared in response. But her husband could have responded on Stella's cell while she bled out at his feet. The closing crew exited the bar with Maggie at two in the morning. She spotted Stella's Camry leaning in the lot. Had Wayne flattened the tire just to continue feeding her anxiety? Three Alpha Bar employees dispersed to their vehicles, always leaving as a unit for safety. At the very least, someone would escort a lone female employee, as one never knew when a drunk patron would be waiting for their chance. Maggie waved to her co-workers before climbing into her car, not believing she had held it together for most of the night. The engine started, letting everyone know nothing was wrong by slowly reversing. However, she waited for the other cars to leave first, then returned to park. She let herself cry, releasing every emotion she had shelved during her shift. Angel had gone easy on her tonight. That frustrating, strong-willed woman had loved to go head-to-head in a debate. It was part of the spice, she would say. Maggie wanted to unload the entire boulder onto someone else's shoulders. However, an FBI agent sniffing around her life was the last thing Amy needed. Maggie's pulse spiked when she saw a cop car on her drive home. She pulled into the driveway with perspiration forming on her brow. Wayne's car wasn't parked in the street as usual. Was he with Amy? Was he torturing Courtney? An outburst of tears erupted again. An uncontrollable array of sounds and fluids flowed into a handful of tissues. Rain it in for Amy. It was all relative, she rationalized. If a couple fell out of love in a typical relationship, as they sometimes did, The couple had enough time to adjust to the feelings that might eventually lead to an affair, a divorce, or even the rare murder. In Maggie's case, all the hate and anger entered her mind and body in a matter of seconds, replacing the love she had been right to question. It reminded her of when she had once poured cold water into a steaming hot glass from Alpha's industrial dishwasher. It cracked perfectly in half each piece sliding an inch apart from the other while continuing to stand upright like a magic trick. It wouldn't take much more to break her in two also. She collected herself and trudged to the door, stopping with the key in the lock. Her head fell against the frame, waiting about ten seconds before letting herself in. She flipped the light on and made a path for her laptop. When the screen came to life, she opened to the latest email. It took a second for the actual scene to register. Wayne was positioned behind Courtney while she was on her elbows and knees. 
he was raping her. Amy wasn't in view. The gauze on Courtney's head was over her eyes, but still free from bloodstains. She stopped the video. Maggie bolted to the bathroom just in time as her stomach evacuated. After yet another sobbing episode over the toilet, she calmed herself. If she had informed the police, if they had followed him tonight, they would have found Amy. Stupid, stupid, stupid. But what if the police were sloppy? Wayne might have discovered the cops if they had been following. They might have pulled him over. Then it would all be over for Amy. There was no right answer. Just hindsight. Back at the laptop, Maggie forced herself to click on the newest video that had just appeared. It was over. Courtney was laying by herself in the fetal position. She looked physically okay. Inside, she must be absolutely devastated. The lid of the laptop closed for the night. She suddenly felt heavy. A fast-paced, sweaty shift at the bar required a shower. The sensation of hot water on Maggie's back couldn't distract her imagination from taking Courtney's place and the hell she endured. According to the news, he never left marks of torture as some sadistic killers, up until slashing their throat and pulling their eyes out. Her father once explained something to her as a little girl that echoed in her mind. The strong do not endure problems. The strong solve them. Really, Papa? Even the strongest weightlifter has to eventually fail the last rep after reaching their limit. The bathroom continued to fog. Would it be a bad thing to slip and crack her skull open? If she were dead, would Wayne let Amy go and disappear like he had said? Or continue killing as a grieving widower? She would take her own life if saving Amy were that simple. That's my strength, Papa. She toweled dry and sat on the toilet to rest. Her father's stern face appeared in her mind while thinking back to her first day at a scary new school. When you find yourself in enemy territory, you never show weakness, he had said, recounting being tortured by the Yakuza for a million-dollar accounting mistake. Her father had referred to it as a reprimand. His most confusing story was told to her when she turned ten. I had a gun pointed at my head, and I stared my assassin down. When he pulled the trigger, I steeled. But there were no bullets in the gun. He respected me for that. It wasn't until she stood her ground to a bully did she understand. Despite the fatigue, she took the time to change the sheets before going to bed. It was a tiny way to distance herself from anything Wayne. If Maggie lay still long enough, she would start to dream, but no position was comfortable enough. After laying awake a while, her eyes reacted to the sound of the front door opening and closing. She heard sink water running in the bathroom. The toilet flushed. Just go to your own room. Go to your own room. Wayne appeared at her bedroom door. I know you're up. He crawled on top of the blanket and laid prone facing her. 
His body heat was intense, as if he had just run a marathon. You wanted me to see you with her? She pushed herself to the edge of the mattress, nearly off the bed. Well, if the video stopped, you'd probably freak out. If I left it on, there was a chance you'd see. I can't talk to you after you just raped that poor girl. How can I even look at you? He stared at her with a sleepy gaze. If it helps, it wasn't violent. Fuck you. How was your visit with Angel? I didn't say anything. Why was she there? It's either about me or it's about you. She still loves you, doesn't she? What would you care? Are you fucking her? He asked as if inquiring about her day. The jealousy act was long gone. She came by to tell me that you visited Courtney Black's workplace the day before she disappeared. She wanted to see if you told me anything before she talks to you herself. Interesting. If they're searching for Eddie Fellows, why would they still be interested in me? You might have seen something at Winter's Bayou Casino. Your appointment was so close to her disappearance. Wayne pondered this. Could be. I need you to see her again. Pretend to be interested in igniting the romance. You want me to start up an affair? Why? The closer you get, the more she'll tell you. The last thing I need is to be arrested while trying to board my flight to Paris when this is all over. Do it. She was more confused than ever. What if I don't see her again? Wayne laughed like a hillbilly drunk. You'll do it, and you'll do it for Amy. Maggie fell back with her arm over her head. Is Amy okay? She didn't see you. No. What if Courtney hurts Amy to get back at you? She won't. Wayne ran his fingers in her hair, but she pushed his hand away. Maggie twisted into a sitting position and attacked him with a barrage of slaps. He turned onto his back to protect his face. She pulled the snub nose out from under the pillow and pressed the barrel to his cheek. You bastard, she sniffled. Well, I didn't expect this tonight. He gently pushed the gun to the side. I hate you. She let the gun drop, moving away from him again. You hate that you don't understand me. He checked his face for blood, pausing in thought. Please leave. Penny, you need to understand. You called me Penny. It was a slip. Wayne slid off the bed and calmly closed the door behind him. Then the spare room door shut. Maggie sat in a daze. She had seen the video of Wayne on the laptop at 2.25 a.m. In the 3 o'clock video, he was gone. The digital time read 4.20 a.m. when he got home. That meant, factoring in that he had to finish with Courtney, that it took him over an hour to get home, then there was a 15-minute delay. The location could very well be outside city limits. Wayne had wanted to explain, and she wouldn't let him. He had wanted Penny to understand. Was this babysitter dead now? Or living a blind person's life in northern Louisiana? To save her daughter, she would have to join him in his world.
Maggie had slept in short spurts well past lunchtime, sequestered in the bedroom, watching Amy on the laptop for most of the day. Had Maggie been in that particular house in the video? At this point, she doubted everything. Wayne shuffled around outside her walls like a rat in a pantry. When evening crept in, she reluctantly got ready for the engagement dinner. It's not too late to cancel, Maggie yelled from the bedroom as she slipped into a pair of heels that would only aggravate her discomfort. Wayne answered from the couch. You think I want to sit there and take your father's abuse? I think you do. She stood by the bedroom door. Did you flatten Stella's tire? After all this, there is no reason for you to ever lie to me again. I got the idea when I saw her spare already on it. I had to see how you'd hold up. This dinner, the tire, Courtney last night, an angel. She entered the bathroom and frowned, looking at her sagging face in the mirror. Are they really tests or just for your amusement? You're going to push me past my limits. You want me to mess up. That's not the case. This dinner will be entertaining, and you'll get through it, Wayne waited. If you want me gone and Amy back. You keep saying that. He sighed, walking to the hallway. I have to be very careful, Maggie. If I was to kill you or not, as soon as I run, my face is plastered on the national news like Eddie's. I'll be caught. Eddie'll change his appearance, and we're arranging to go abroad. But we have Eddie's video game to finish. Maggie didn't think she heard that right. Her head cocked. Video game? Tell me you didn't just say video game. The women we film are being inserted into the game as full-motion video. Gamers will get treated to snippets when they find what they call Easter eggs. Little secrets, Wayne smiled. That's what this is all about? That, that has to be the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. A video game? Tell me you're not killing women just for a video game? I'd still be killing if Eddie wasn't involved with the game. Maggie pressed at her temples. I don't know if that's crazy or just stupid. Eddie and I are sitting on millions in cryptocurrency from our beta release. Is that stupid? Really? You and Eddie grew up in something really evil. And you, and you each pursue this evil for self-gratification, not money. You may be right, but we're still filthy rich. She turned to find Wayne at the bathroom door. You realize you're chasing this pain and you'll never catch it. It won't go away until you're dead. That's the only way to relieve this need you described? I've had the luxury of being this way for most of my life. You've known about it for five minutes. Already you're getting used to it. Sometimes I wish you would have killed me in the attic. He gave her a nonsense look. You ready? We're going to be late. They drove in silence to the French Quarter, listening to his playlist. Maggie melted into the door, her face practically pressed against the passenger window. A video game? Who was she to argue a psychopath's fixation? 
The traffic grew dense the closer they got to Frederick's restaurant at Jackson Square. Street parking would be impossible, so they paid for a spot next to the river. She walked behind Wayne until he reached out to hold her hand. Maggie drew back as if she'd touched a hot stove. He stood immobile with his hand extended. She tried to walk past him, but he blocked her path. Appearances, Maggie. She let him take her limp hand. Once out of the humidity and into the elegant restaurant, Maggie used sanitizer and rubbed her numb fingers. She closed her eyes and let out a breath. The floor stabilized. Then her lungs filled with the cacophony of culinary delights that somehow nauseated her. With a nudge from Wayne, she eased across the hardwood floor toward a table for six, situated next to a bricked wall adorned with paintings and mirrors. Maggie's parents, sister, and her fiancé were already seated. People chatted and utensils clanked on plates. Hiroki stood while Maggie and Wayne made a round of greetings, ending with a peck on her mother's cheek. She watched Wayne receive a cold handshake from her father, only out of respect for the rest of the table. Neither would bow. Hannah held Gerald's hand on top of the table, her four-carat ring visible. She wore a few more pounds than Maggie, but her face was stunning. Her father adjusted a tailored suit that cost at least two grand. His hair was peppered with gray, and his face stayed molded in a frown. Her mother, Pamela, wore a conservative black dress with modest diamond accessories. Hannah beamed. Isn't this exciting? I'm excited for you, Wayne said as they sat. You look tired, Magumi, her father said. Are you not getting enough sleep? I'm working a lot, but you'll be happy to hear I want to quit. She looked to her mother. I'm still figuring out what I want to do. Maybe open my own bar? There might be a spot at my firm, Hannah offered. Everyone knew that was a non-starter. With continued respect for the table, her father's silence was his argument. The waitress took beverage orders and eventually brought several appetizers to share. Maggie kept tabs on Wayne, whose attention was on Hannah, on Hannah's hazel eyes. Maggie kicked him under the table while shifting position. Oh, sorry. Gerald, you ready for this? Wayne asked, ignoring her. I proposed, didn't I? Gerald's golden white man's afro was still wet with moose. After getting Mr. Hiroki's blessing, of course. You know how intimidating that can be. No, he would not, her papa said. I find it disconcerting that Magumi would choose to marry a suitor who bypassed the courtesy of requesting my permission. Wayne smiled, taking a sip of his water. You hold your own beliefs in high regard while discounting mine. Where's my respect? That's self-serving and short-sighted. Hiroki took this in. You made a choice with no weight or merit. You chose to ignore a long-standing tradition. I am sure Magumi told you that every boy that called on her needed to speak to me first. That is our way. Right, 
your way, and you still don't apologize or show regret, forget right and wrong. Better yet, let us say that I am wrong. I can do that. Regardless of being wrong, you should want to request my permission for the woman you claim to love. Any effort to appease her father and keep harmony is important to her, so it should be important to you. Instead, you chose to be selfish and disregard a gesture that would have reaped many rewards. I would have shown weakness. No offense, Gerald. I'm replacing a man he actually respected. He didn't like me from the start. Wayne, stop! Maggie screamed in her head. This is not about Harry. You claim to love my daughter, don't you? I do, Wayne grudgingly said. Then you should have taken five minutes of your time to ask me a simple question like Harry did, like Gerald. Any of her college relationships get your blessing? Wayne asked. Her papa's eyes narrowed. Angel Blondo is more of a man than you will ever be. He glanced at Maggie. Yes, your mother and I knew about her. Wayne put his hands on the edge of the table as if to push off. Maggie saw his jaw pulse. Holster your weapons, gentlemen. We're here to celebrate. Maggie's mom quickly raised her glass. A toast. That means everyone. A toast to Hannah and Gerald. May they share a long life. Maggie raised her glass with a slight tremble, glad that her mother intervened and proud of her father for laying into that bastard. The fact that he knew about Angel without ever saying a word was surprising. The conversation turned to wedding planning and what Hiroki would pay for. Gerald would soon learn that family dinner conversations never got raucously funny, but always contained strong opinions about world issues. Maggie hated how clinical their holidays were, how serious the adults took things. Maggie remained mostly quiet as they touched on the economy, tourism, and politics. Gerald, clearly Hiroki's favorite stepson, brought up the one subject Maggie had hoped to avoid. How about that blindfold killer? The police have no idea where this fellow's is. Rumor has it this guy went to film school and is making a movie with his victims that he'll release on the internet. Gerald shoved a scoop of bread pudding in his mouth, waiting for a response. Maggie glared at Wayne. They have no idea. The whole thing is so unsettling, Pamela dabbed the corner of her mouth. What is wrong with people? I just know we have to be extra careful, Hannah said to Maggie. I'd never let him get close to me. Wayne spoke. Don't jinx yourself. Wayne! Maggie slapped the table. Sorry, he laughed. I'm kidding. Everyone knows what fellows looks like. He'd never get close. Let's not talk about serial killers at dinner, please, Maggie pleaded. Her father nodded. Let me end this conversation by saying you should both be very vigilant of your surroundings at all times. 
You never know who is beside you at any given moment. And there you have it. Don't forget to join me on Monday for episode 15 of The Alpha by E.J. Findorf. To check out more of my work, go to my website at kathycolas.com. That's C-A-T-H-I-C-O-L-A-S dot com. If you're an author looking to turn your book into an audiobook, email me at kathycolas at gmail.com. Let's talk. And if you like the podcast, please leave a review or share it on social media. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on Monday.